This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am Beverly, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Today's show is about how the home environment and ambience has a strong influence on your rescue dog's quality of life and how you can create the ideal space for it. Today's guest is Sam Wyke, a retired police officer and canine explosive detection dog handler. He is currently now a professional dog trainer with plenty of experience with shelter dogs, particularly those with behavioral challenges. And in fact, Sam has helped provide education and hands-on training of shelter, rescue personnel, and evaluated facilities. He's assessed the dogs and set up training, behavior, and enrichment programs that help them thrive. So when we get back from these messages, Sam White will be joining us. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with the founder of The Inner Dog, Sam Wyke. Thank you so much for coming on today. I am looking forward to your insights as I strongly support ambiance creation, as I call it. But before we get into that, Sam, how did you fall into working with rescue dogs from being a canine explosive detection dog handler? Hi, Beverly. Well, I have to tell you, to a lot of people, it probably would seem strange, but being a bomb dog handler, we had to learn a lot about our dogs, um, communication, things like that, and what is a dog. And so when I retired and my dog retired with me, because he was really just a perfect dog. Oh. I'm trying to find a way to utilize his skills along with mine to help other dogs. And we started off very simply with some training at one of the, the local pet smarts here. And while I was there, uh, because I knew a lot of people who were working at a local shelter here, one of our county shelters, we just started hanging out there, started to do some things with them, uh, which sparked a deeper interest in behavior. And the interest in behavior became quite a passion and I recognized, well, I was lucky enough to recognize because of the, the trainers and the mentors and the perfect people that I had a chance to learn from, that mm-hmm. it's more than just behavior protocols. I mean, the environment plays a tremendously huge role in our lives, in their lives, and any living thing's life. Yeah. And so oh. when we're dealing with shelter dogs or anything else, it's like, how can we make their environment better? Yeah. Oh, I love that you take that approach. I love, love that. And that and obviously a part of your involvement with Rescue Dogs was introducing mental enrichment, like you mentioned, such as music, lighting, sense, even reading to help reduce the stress. 
tell us why. Like, why is that so important to rehabilitation? A number of the, the seminars I attended in that talked about the fact that because dogs see, hear, and smell a lot better than we do, they mm-hmm. are able to take in more information, obviously, about their environment than we are. But especially in shelter environments, they're taking in all the information of the stress that other animals are going through. Yeah. So they said in these various conferences, seminars, they said, you know, before you do anything else, slow down and figure out how you can help the dogs feel a little bit more comfortable. And so they said, listen, you know, there's things that play into this. It's like going to a spa. Can't say I've ever been to one, but I know enough people that <laughs> <I> have. have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even before, uh, you know, my wife has said, you know, long before they even go in there to do a massage or whatever they're going to do, you're in the room by yourself for a while, letting your brain kind of slow down and just take in smell and sound and sight. And so it was like, great, we can do this for dogs. And it is, at first it was amazing to watch. And then it just became more than just amazing. It was fun to watch that Hmm. something as significant or what we might consider insignificant, but not in their world, as sight, sound, and smell could actually produce a more relaxed environment for the dogs. And with that, we were, this is going back years, but um, Lisa Spector, who put together the Through a Dog's Ear series and and Through a Duck Cat's Ear, which now is Icon Pet, developed orchestral music that was linear in that there would not be a whole lot of highs and lows and loud noise and whatever else. It was very soothing. Mm, Okay. So now put that, imagine just sitting in a room and, and you just have that kind of a music playing. And in that kind of a room where you have lower lights and in that kind of room where we're using scent, especially from uh, aromatic and homeopathic combinations of flower scents and everything else. And uh, you know, yeah. first, I was skeptical, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, this is the cop side of me like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I had a chance to watch it. I had a chance to try it. And then that became part of shelter, you know, whatever shelter I was going to help with or rescue organization, uh, dogs I work with that are adopted, et cetera, any dog, actually puppies. I mean, we, we use these things for every type of, of animal. They use them in zoos. They use these in zoos. They use it in refuge. They use them all, all over the place. And it's amazing to watch it work. Huh. That's interesting. And you mentioned, or I mentioned <laughs> reading to help reduce the stress. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like I've known okay. of uh, like shelters where there's kids that volunteer to read to the dogs. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah. So the interesting thing is instead of people attempting to make immediate contact by walking up to a kennel or, or a crate or whatever an animal might be in, uh-huh. And then walking up, staring at them like, an, oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? You know, is everything great? Instead of doing that, mm-hmm. lights, again, lights and scent and sound. But we would have the person sit not directly in front of, either across from on an angle or to an angle. Oh. And the idea was, don't face the dog. Just read out loud. The dog's not going to care what you read out loud. But right. the <laughs> nice thing with that is whether you're reading or whether you're singing, you will breathe normally. And by breathing normally, oh. along with all these other environments, yes. So the voice is now soothing, but it's not trying to impose on this this dog or this cat that is very, very scared. So it, it becomes 
I don't want to say white noise, but but there's just another factor to it. Imagine soothing music, a soothing voice, soothing lighting, and soothing scent. You know, if you've ever had a massage, if the massage therapist is talking to you, they're not hollering and screaming, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow, I wouldn't have put two and two together. So that is a really good tip, actually, for people wanting to adopt and they're feeling out which dog they want. So let's repeat that again. So how should they, I guess, introduce themselves to the dogs if they're shopping for... Well, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on the shelter. It will depend on the shelter and what they're going to allow people to do. But, you know, we would do this even in meet and greet rooms Mm -hmm. um, where the family or or the person would already be seated in there. The shelter staff would bring a dog in. And as they're walking in, the person's already reading. Lights are down. We've got scent going. We've got music going. And the dog gets a chance to make a choice how fast if if it wants to approach its center. Because let's face it, we all want to have choices in life. Yes. And we found that it it just created a better environment. There wasn't this sudden exposure to a lot of movement, a lot of loud noise. And dogs who in the past had shown that they were really, really, really timid, shy with people, very standoffish, would on their own then take less time to go up and maybe just to sniff around the person. Hmm. And the person would just continue reading and the lights would be down and the music would be playing. And it made for better interactions. Whether or not that that was the dog for that person wasn't the point. It was the point of showing the dog that, listen, we're going to give you the the benefits of making a choice. Exactly. Yes. I really love that approach. Wow. If only all the shelters would adopt some kind of... uh... (laughs) program where where they can come in and have the dogs choose because that saying goes the dog chooses who they want to be with right yes <laughs> yes it should be yes yeah. yeah and now that we are talking about the shelters and what they can do to kind of help alleviate the dog stress now what are some mm-hmm. practical tips that adopters can do once they adopt the dog to create that kind of environment well you know obviously in the home the Adopters would have a better chance to, again, utilize scent, utilize sound, utilize lighting. And so, you know, again, ICOM Pet, which has so many different types of music to help just soothe the dog's world. What is and that ICOM really Pet? Cool, is that a, like um, an app? It's a company that, not, well, yeah, um, but it's also where you can buy, you can download, you can stream, you can buy CDs. They actually make their own mini really little mini speakers that can come with a SD card with the type of music on it. And they continue to develop music because they're finding more and more. It doesn't just have to be orchestral. So the other thing too, when you go on their, their site, you can actually sign up to get free downloads. And they're like five to eight minute downloads of all different types of music. And that way you get to try them. So it was interesting to see that lately they've come out with some reggae, <laughs> uh, yes that's awesome but not, but not overpowering reggae you know what i mean yes, yes. it's not like we're gonna have a party <laughs> right oh you're putting it on yep and this is called jamaica time you know that's but it's interesting because i play this with my dogs and they all just chill out really yep and wow, i have to I... admit there was another one when i first got it i was like really here's one called beach time I, again it's amazing the things that animals love the sound of. Huh. I always fell back to the classicals, the meditation musics. But Here's another know one. That. Here's reggae. But if you notice, it's at a slower rhythm. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
and there's it's not like blasting out type of thing. It's just a very sweet, soothing chill music. on the beach kind of music. Yes, <laughs> pretty cool. Love stuff. it. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of thing. And again, there's you know, there's lots of apps out there with spa music and, and things like that. Oh, I yeah. know a lot of yeah. cable YouTube companies and the satellite companies have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take that and then you takes there's a, a, a one person company that I love called Blackwing Farms. And this is Meg Harrison. And for years she's been developing different flower essences into sprays and into like bombs that are roll on stick that you can, you know, roll on. And so you can spray it in a room on a bedding, whatever we've got music going, we've lowered the lighting. And then for someone, when they adopt a dog, the biggest, if you take all of that, think about what you're doing, creating a nice calm environment. They need to continue that by saying, you know what? You don't have to worry about it. We're not going to flood the house with people to meet the new dog yet. We're going to mm-hmm. take our time and let you to adapt to things. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's a huge, huge benefit. Unfortunately, everybody's excited about their new dog. They want to show off their new dog, have everybody come to meet. And it's, it's just not one of the good things to do. The dog needs a chance to adapt, acclimate, generalize the new sight sounds into the new people. Oh, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. Love that tip. But we're just, Sam, we're just going to go have a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue talking about how we can create the ideal ambience in our homes that can help your rescue dogs thrive. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Sam Wyke, a professional dog trainer with a plethora of experience in helping dogs with behavioral challenges. Um, Sam, we were talking just before the break about how to create the ideal ambience. You mentioned essence, flowers of essences. Yes. So would back flowers be considered under that umbrella? You know, the Bach flowers? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been around a long time. And yeah. We're finding that more, and we're finding more and more, we're finding that complementary vets. Um, oh, like holistic uh, vets. vets. Yes. Yes. And we're finding that more and more of them are including that into their practices. And, you know, you got to love it. 
and I have a holistic vet near me, a tremendous vet. She actually bought a, what was a former spa and she left everything in place. So that when dogs go in there for <laughs> acupuncture, awesome. cold laser. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You walk in, the music's playing, scent is going the whole bit. Wow. <laughs> I wish all of them were like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what about essential oils? I know some of them are not good for dogs. That's the biggest thing. You know, you're right. And, and sometimes the use of an oil itself can be harmful Too to a dog's skin, can be right. harmful to their nasal passages. So you got to be real careful. That's why a lot of times we see that the, the diffusers through, oh my God, there's so many different ones out there now, but Adaptil yeah. and, and so many others, you know, they've been formulating this stuff for a while. So they're very aware of making it so that obviously it is pet friendly and that's you don't have to worry about any kind of medical issues arising out of the wrong types of oils or the wrong types of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm yeah, not going to name yeah. which ones that would be harmful because I don't remember, but that's something to, yeah. to research obviously before yeah. you start doing that. What? Now you helped someone open a facility for senior dogs and implemented mental enrichment. What did you find on that opportunity? And is it senior dogs like rescue organization or just a facility for senior dogs in general? So, no, this is the woman and her husband who opened this were a former client of mine for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had adopted a senior dog and, uh, and he was only with us for a very short period of time before he passed. She then later on adopted another senior dog, but her passion had always be, had been to help senior dogs. Oh, okay. So as she was putting the whole plan together, uh, she had reached out to me and said, listen, you know, would you be willing to help us out? And I'm like, I mean, who wouldn't? So she put together this um, absolute stunning, amazing, incredible facility that is strictly for senior dogs, ages seven and up. The dogs that she takes in, um, they get, you know, found or sent there for a myriad of reasons. Um, oh, okay. And there's, there's, there's no judgment about how they get there. Okay. First and foremost, second of all, the idea from the beginning, I mean, even before we opened the facility was, you know, how are we going to make sure that these dogs are comfortable? Well, she took care of it on the architectural end. each dog has its own separate room, separate filters for H, uh, HVAC. They have their own separate doors leading into private outdoor play areas. She created these community rooms with couches and televisions. And oh chairs my and that. goodness. and and so other than at night when it's time to you know for them to finally go to bed the rest of the time these dogs are all out among in the facility and they're getting loved on and and that by volunteers and it but it's not the kind of place that somebody driving down the road can go to and say oh look at that let's go in there and see that because she said it is a sanctuary Mm, so yes that's the word yes and that's the difference you know she has on occasion adopted out dogs who were Good to be adopted out and who, you know, her and the staff have felt could really, really benefit by going back into a home. Some of the dogs have medical, well, most of the dogs do have medical issues. Doesn't matter. They have a vet who's in there three to five days a week. They're right around the corner for a huge uh, veterinary hospital. She put this, it's on 60 some acres. There's walking trails. Yes, there's walking trails everywhere. And she built a separate building, which houses an indoor in-ground heated salt water pool. Wow. That's... But no matter what, throughout the day and especially into the evenings, the idea was putting on the music, lowering the lights, 
even during the day, you know, again, they're senior dogs. So they're going to nap a bunch. Yes. So when the dogs start to get tired, all the lights go down low, if not even turned off, depending on the, you know, the light coming in from outside, which is glass everywhere, which is great. The music goes on. There's all kind of scent diffusers throughout the building. And these all get, you know, put into place so that now when these dogs sleep, they get restful sleep. Everything is, they go into that REM sleep and you can hear the, the senior snores uh, and, <laughs> you know, but you see them. And then when they wake up, they come out of it slowly. Right. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you know, good. Now it's okay. That was my mid afternoon nap. Let's go do something. But again, <laughs> she made it a, a real requirement to create that environment, not just at night, but even during the day as well. You know, oh, and, my and goodness. Yes, that is awesome. What is the name of this facility, Sam? So it's called Marty's Place, M-A-R-T-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E dot com. Yeah. And perfect. Anybody who goes on can see the pictures of the dogs that are there, of the facility that is there. Uh, Like I said, it's on 65 acres and there's no signs along the roadway to tell people to drive the long driveway back in. It's you know, that's not, it's a sanctuary, truly. And again, part of being a sanctuary is calm environment, relaxed environment. And so everything we do. Oh, and by the way, it's martysplace.org, my mistake, .org, not .com. Okay, perfect. And she Sorry doesn't, her prime goal is not to adopt these dogs out, right? She's... No, no it, first and foremost, it is a sanctuary. Okay. If, you know, if a dog comes in, you know, it's still pretty spry and you know maybe not you know 14 or 15 maybe you know it's eight or nine Mm -hmm. something like that if they can then that's where they go you know she'll give them a chance to be adopted out but they do a really good job screening to make sure that anyone who's taking them in is going to give them that that senior life yes exactly exactly that is what is needed oh that's awesome of her love that i wish you you want to live there yeah (laughs) i can't tell you even before we opened it and she was, you know, giving people tours of the place so they'd understand in the community, you know, what it was they were building. I can't tell you how many people said that. Hey, you know, listen, it just, if something happens to me, just ship me here. I'll live here instead. <laughs> I'll rent out a room. <laughs> well, I mean, think about this. You get to spend your day every day with all of these just incredible senior dogs. Exactly. Exactly. That'd be ideal place to work at. <laughs> it is, it's amazing. So, Sam, well, that was one really good opportunity, it seems, that you went into. What are a few of the best experiences you've had um, helping out the rescue and shelter dogs from the time that you You started in that industry? I'm sure there's a a lot. Listen, there are some dogs who many people, myself included, would wonder if if we could ever really help them live a better life. And 99% of the time, we can you know, unfortunately, it's like everything else in life. There are times when, you know, no matter what we do, whether medical or behavioral or both, you know, things don't end the way we want them to. It's about the fact that we have the ability to continue to help. And when you see progress, whether it is as if one blade of grass started to grow, or if Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it looks like we've got a yard full of fresh green everywhere, progress, we celebrate the small victories. No matter how small they are, we celebrate them because with that small victory, that dog at that moment, and hopefully more, is having a better quality of life. Right. Oh, that's awesome that you have that kind of patience. Like, oh, it's so important. So thank we, you. Thank we you tell for people, having we, that. we tell people all the time, 
especially when we're dealing with dogs who have behavioral issues. Yes. It'll be faster to watch paint dry or grass grow. Paint dry. But, <laughs> but when those moments happen, it's incredible. I bet. Oh, I bet. Before we wrap up, what would be, I guess, your best advice for shelters? I mean, not all of them will agree to implementing a lot of the things that you've done. A lot of them can't. I mean, the resources are limited in shelters. Yeah, we know that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the facilities are limited by their architecture, mm-hmm. their res- personal resources, etc. The biggest thing, I think, for shelters to understand is no matter how well they do it, there is a high level of stress always for the dogs and cats that are in shelters. If you can somehow slow things down and calm things down, you will be giving the animals in that shelter a better quality of life, which also means a better chance of adoption. Thank you. That is a good, good tip. And of course, the first tip that you gave, which was anybody looking to adopt. Give the dog choice. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for your insight. We we are out of time. I really appreciate you coming on today. There's so much awesome tips. And thanks to our show producer, Mark Winter, for making the show possible. You can check out Sam's work at theinnerdog.com or on his Facebook page, The Inner Dog. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.